Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Melissa Batorf Airy. Melissa is the podcast host of The Leftover Pieces and Suicide Loss Conversations, and she is also a master grief coach, The Leftover Pieces, Rebuilding You. She lost her 21-year-old son, Alex, to suicide in 2016, and now her mission is to connect with and offer help to as many others in this lost space as she can. So join us today as we talk to Melissa, and she tells us all about her journey. All right, you all ready? Let's go. Melissa, welcome to the show. We are so happy that you could join us. Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate you having me on. All right. So um, I had an opportunity to meet you via Clubhouse and uh, I forget what platform we were on uh, or what uh, stage we were on, but I think it had to do with just getting people to connect with and and uh, have opportunities to do each other's podcasts and things like that. So um, I really was excited once I got the premise of your podcast. And I know what we're about to talk about is a very sensitive topic and it's a very... Um, for some people, it could be delicate or hard to talk about or hard to deal with. But I think um, just in terms of life getting in the way, sometimes we have to just have difficult conversations or have difficult things that we talk about that may be difficult. So I thank you for coming on today. And we're going to just kind of talk about um, some things. And I will let you kind of I'll let you, you know, kind of open it up a little bit. Just tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your story and a little bit about your podcast. Okay. Yeah, sure. Nikki, I, we did meet, I'm almost, I'm 90, 90% sure that it was in the Friday uh, share your pod room where they did invite people into either, you know, look for a guest or be a guest. And I think that was where we first connected. And my podcast is called The Leftover Pieces, Suicide Loss Conversations. So that gets out of the way for your listeners, the topic, um, so that if for any reason, that's a topic that they would prefer not to listen to, I understand. Um, So the Suicide uh, Lost Conversations podcast came about for me um, a couple of years ago. The idea was born from the fact that in um, August of 2016, um, my 21-year-old son, Alex, died by suicide. He was at college and was about to be a junior 
And as far as we knew, had his whole life ahead of him. And it was pretty unexpected. Um, he had had six months of feeling fairly um, overwhelmed, as lots of college students do. I know you're you are in admissions yourself, and so you understand that you know kids that are in school and and stuff are under a lot of pressure. And mm -hmm. we, I felt like that was what he was dealing with. But unbeknownst to us. Um, Apparently there was more, or at least, um, there was a moment. And so from I've, since then I have kind of lived my life in the before and afters, you know, before Alex was gone and since Alex has been gone and we just passed the five-year mark. And for me, when Alex died, I mean, to say that my world stopped spinning and cracked on the ground and split wide open would be kind of an underestimated statement. And it changed, it changed everything in an instant for not only myself, but for my family. And I spent a couple of years trying to navigate through just surviving and trying to figure out what this was going to look like. And from, from where I sit as a mom, it's hopefully the, the, hopefully there's nothing worse coming for me. This is the worst thing you could ever imagine. But at some point after the third year, somewhere in the third year was when I first started to realize that I had a choice to make. And that choice was that I was either going to take what had happened to me in my life and let it define me, or I could make a choice to let the life that Alex had led refine me and to decide to turn this pain into power has not been easy <laughs> because a lot of times you hear platitudes, you hear people say the catchphrases and that's what I try really hard to stay away from. That's why I even pause but words fail us in big circumstances, words, words fail us a lot. And mm -hmm. I don't always know what else to say besides things like that, because that's really what it came down to is trying to take the worst pain of my life and build something powerful from it. And that is, you know, the message that I think I bring to you today is that life happens. Life gets in the way, right? Um, my message is that death can be a part of that and death obviously happens. And it's the whole, we can't choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we respond to it. And that's where my life exists now is choosing to live in a space where I've responded to what's happened to me and my life looks entirely different than it used to before. You know, I took a different path. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I can, un I know that the, uh, the, the topic of loss and, um, uh, su suicide lost via suicide, um, over suicide can be a, a painful topic and how how is it when you're doing your um 
I know you have special guests and you have things and you're constantly talking about loss. How, how are you able to, do you ever have moments when I guess it, it triggers you or, or how do you kind of able to push past your own grief to, um, to kind of do it every day? Do you feel like, uh, I guess that's the, the the question I'm trying to ask. Um, okay, no, I think I understand what you're asking. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't I don't podcast every day, so luckily I'm not I'm not doing that piece every day. Because I say luckily because you're right, it's it's heavy. Um. That said, talking about mental health talking about suicide loss and the reality of all of the people that have either lost somebody to suicide, experienced suicidal ideation themselves, or know somebody that has, um, is, is very real in today's world. And if we don't talk about it, it's not going to get better. I also find for me, well, it's not just for me in general, if we bottle things up and don't talk about them, we're not going to heal from them. It's not going to go anywhere. We're not going to be able to move forward. And so for me, the communication and the community is part of the way through. It's part of the way forward. And part of part of what I do, I mean, I always intended for the podcast to be my beginning space for getting into this. And to be honest with you, Nikki, the reason I started the podcast was because podcasts became something that were very comforting to me grief podcasts were comforting to me because I couldn't consume books the way I wanted to. Um, I would try and grief fog is a very real thing when you're in a traumatic loss, when your brain has had trauma, there's certain parts of it that just don't work and engage the way they should anymore. And that focus wasn't there for me to read a book. I wanted to, I had this stack of grief books and suicide lost books and I would get into them paragraph in and I wouldn't have a clue what I had read. And so I turned to audiobooks and podcasts and audiobooks can even be a a little bit much in the beginning because you're trying to consume a whole book. A podcast I could listen to for 10 minutes if it was a short episode or I could listen to it for an hour. But I found several grief podcasts that I really felt some comfort in. I couldn't find a grief podcast that was a suicide loss podcast. And I really longed for that, that connection that was people that understood my loss. And one day I just decided I, you know, I just kind of decided I was going to have to create what I needed. And so that was my hope, knowing that other people need something like this, that I could provide that. And I also felt a call to just to, to work with grievers the farther I got into this. And so by year four, I had decided that I wanted to train to be a grief coach as well. And I'm within a few weeks, so by the time your episode airs, I'm sure it will be live. My website is going live as well, which is the Leftover Pieces Rebuilding You. Um, and the the first group I'll launch will be called Picking Up the Pieces. And so to answer your question, I will be working with people and talking about suicide, loss, and grief on a regular basis. And the way I handle it, one, is it helps me, but it is heavy. And I'm very, I have a very empathetic heart. Like I take all of these stories and they like, I know people can't see me, but I got my hand on my chest. I take them in and and I feel for these people. And so part of what I have to do is make sure I'm very intentional with 
self-care time so that I schedule as much or more time that I'm not doing this, that I'm doing other things to care for myself so that I have that full cup to give from. Because if I just did this all the time, I would think that would be true for anybody in a healing field. If you just healed all the time, how are, where, you know, where's your, your, your store to come from? So I have to work really hard to make sure I'm taking care of myself so that I can be fully present with other grievers, not only on the podcast, because I do my podcast where every other week is a, is a guest. And then the other week is a shorter episode where it's me just talking. And I call those down the rabbit hole. And I literally, it might be 10 minutes, it might be 25 minutes, but it's just me sharing thoughts on something connected to my journey or grief and loss or suicide. And that helps keep it to where I'm not, I'm also not having as many conversations as often. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes, thank you. And I love your, um, those little pieces down the rabbit hole because <laughs> that, and I love the title because I think, you know, when we, when we get in our, we get lost in our thoughts and it'll just be one thing that triggers us and, and we'll just get to talking about this and this and that. And I like that you have these little segments where you kind of, even though it's called down the rabbit hole, it's still like a focused, um, <laughs> idea. So I, I appreciate those little, um, does just a little insight and it's just like a it's like a one-on-one time just with you you know beyond just you and the guest or you know and I, I like those little pockets it gives you time to just digest it and doing it and, and they're so short that you can do multiple things and still have it in the background and listening at the same time so well, I think that was my the- intention was when I was listening to podcasts I was Sometimes I was in a place and keep in mind, I'm, uh, my intention is to talk to somebody that would have been me several years ago. And so Mm -hmm. knowing what I needed really guides me and knowing that I sometimes needed to sit down and listen to a real in-depth conversation for an hour. And other times I didn't have it in me and 10, 20 minutes was all I had in me to listen. And so that was kind of where the idea was born was not only from a selfish standpoint, of me not having to do these in-depth conversations as often, but from giving my listeners what I feel like they need, which is a variety of not only thoughts and topics around the same subject, but a variety of the type of episode they're listening to. And it also helps keep me fresh a little bit. (laughs) Yes. Um, What was the hardest part for you um, about starting a podcast that dealt with a topic such as the suicide loss? The hardest part for me was probably, well, starting a podcast isn't, isn't as easy as it seems like it is in the beginning. So once I got past all of the starting a podcast, it is definitely a challenge. (laughs) It is more than, Uh, than people realize. The uh, probably for me, the vulnerability of it. Um, I mean, I knew that I wanted to be a voice and I wanted to tackle the hard topics, but the hardest part was probably being willing to keep the focus on suicide loss. Because when I first started, the inclination is to try to, I don't want to say please everybody, because obviously this is a topic that isn't meant for everybody, but I was probably more geared to thinking, well, I know what I want to call it, but 
I could talk about general grief and general mental health. And I was too broad, Nikki, because I think I was worried that somehow I was going to leave somebody in the mental health and lost space out. And I have since come to understand and feel and feel very solid in saying that I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be speaking to suicide loss survivors or people that love them or, you know, in that exact sphere and that there are plenty of grief podcasts or grief spaces out there. And there are plenty of mental health spaces out there. And I may work along adjacent with some of those, you know, like that's a good collaboration space, right? It's good for me to collaborate with some of those people and to do bigger bigger projects. But for the sake of the podcast, I had to give myself permission to, to stay narrow, to stay focused for my listeners, honestly, for my Mm -hmm. listeners that need what they need from me. Again, I had to come back to what did you need? Did you want to hear the person that, you know, the podcast I was listening to, did I want to hear her suddenly start going sideways and talking to people about things that didn't relate? No, she would have lost me. And so in order to honor um, my listeners um, who also are dealing with picking up their leftover pieces, I've just given, that was the hardest part to give myself permission to be as focused as I am now. Yes. And I know your listeners um, really appreciate that what you were trying to do and what you're doing, because like you said, there's a lot of different, um, when starting a podcast, there's so many different people that are talking about, can talk about the same thing, but you add your own uniqueness and you can reach people in different ways. So I applaud that you're able to find, I don't want to say your niche, but you're able to find your lane that you can explore and go down and people can relate to that path. For this podcast, a lot of things are how life kind of gets in the way of accomplishing certain goals and certain dreams. And for many people, this this time, this pandemic, this just overall loss has been a um, an ongoing um, theme. And I know it can be hard sometimes when you're dealing with grief or you're dealing with loss, but how do you... Um, what would you say to my listeners who may be dealing with grief or may be dealing with loss? What would you say to them in with in a something that would kind of encourage them or to push it uh not push it aside, but let me rephrase. When life gets in the way, what would you say to listeners who may not be able to work past their grief or not sure how to? a good question um and i i have an answer um it's not the answer there's no the answers and things like Mm -hmm. this there's only here's my opinion and i always tell people to take what serves them and leave the rest so the same goes for this advice here but one of my goals is to is to tell people that at least how i've survived is that i had to give myself space to know that you're not going to get over every grief. Um, some grief you learn to some like grief you do, you and I talked about that briefly and every grief is unique. Every situation is unique. We can grieve everything from a change in life to a loss of a pet, to the loss of a child, to a tragic situation. And so, and everything in between, 
And so depending on the loss, only you know whether it's something you can say go to counseling or join a group and kind of work through it, kind of get through what they, you know, the different, um, I don't want to say phases and steps because some of that's an archaic thinking process, but to work through the, and then to feel like they've put it in a healthy space and they can literally kind of move forward. And then there's grief that's this kind of grief, the kind of grief that I hold, the kind of grief a lot of people hold when someone that they love that was a part of their family, that they're not family, meaning whether it's your closest friend or your, you know, someone that was a part that that much a part of you, you may not ever be able to get over this loss and that's okay. You have to learn to live alongside of it is what I tell people. And so you, you honor your feelings is the best thing that you can do. Not stuff them, not ignore them, honor them when they come. And that means honor the happy ones too. honor the good moments too. find a community. Um, hope it helps a lot when it's a like-minded community, whether it's one that shares your loss or something of that nature. And then find a place to find support that will be supportive enough to help you uncover the tools that you need that make you successful in this. And for me, part of what I had to do, because this is such a life-changing traumatic loss, is find tools and then accept that I wasn't ever going to get back to the old me. That for me, this had changed me enough that I had to kind of learn to... um I had to rediscover, I had to reimagine and I had to rebuild a little, you know, so it, it, it was about embracing the fact that it's okay. Sometimes we get to a fork in the roads and whether we're, whether we did that on purpose or a bomb was dropped and created a fork, right? We can envision that. Um, we still are faced with which way we're going to go. And so you sometimes then have to pick the tools that you need to go along that journey. And, being brave enough to feel the feelings and find the community and do the, you'll get there and also give yourself a lot of grace and space because it's not, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to always do it right. And some days are just bad, but every day gets a little bit, I wouldn't say better gets easier. I tell people, I know what to expect more now. I know how I do have tools that I didn't have before. So when the bad days come or the waves come, I'm better equipped. And I also know that I'm, I'm going to come out on the other side at some point, having survived that bad moment or that bad day. And in the beginning, you don't know if you will. So there, there's, there's just, um, and there's a lot of power in embracing the change that can come after a loss. And you're right. There's a whole lot of people grieving and suffering in the world today. And I think that if I had to offer one word there, I would say community is really important so that because this is so isolating, there's so much isolation in not only physically, but emotionally right now. Yes, definitely. And I know it's really taken a toll on um, people with their own sometimes with their grief sometimes with their 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 own mental health so um i'm glad that you know as the world opens up a little bit more people are able to get 
to the resources that that can help them or connect with people because i i can only imagine how hard it has to be to have lost someone during this time and and we couldn't connect with people like you couldn't i mean you could call people but couldn't see people couldn't hug people it was it was a challenging time um in the world but there's sometimes though there's light in that darkness and i had this conversation Mm -hmm. with somebody from my podcast the other day she lost her brother to suicide just over a year ago and we were talking and as we were talking this whole idea i mean she lost her brother in june of 2020 so at the height of the pandemic and we talked about that because i lost my son five years ago obviously there was no pandemic so i could have physical contact with people And I told her, I said, in some ways to hear you talk, I think I felt as isolated as you did. And yet I had a whole world around me because it's such an isolating loss. And we talked about the fact that in some ways, if you choose to look at it correctly, she took to the internet almost right away. And she had previously been a very private person on the internet. And in some ways, after we talked, we kind of feel like the internet, she says she feels like that the online community that even though it's not the same as being able to hug somebody, it gave her an outlet that she says, had she not had the ability to go online and find groups and talk to people and record videos and get interaction and that she might have sat in her home and not been nearly where she is now because grief can really isolate you. And so we can look at things from both ways, right? Nikki, we can say, we can say everybody's so isolated and that's so sad, or we can do what you and I are doing. And I know we're doing it for the recording of a podcast, but you can get on zoom or you can get on the computer and you can connect with people. And in some ways she feels like it gave her the courage to talk about her grief and to talk about her feelings that she wouldn't have had if she had just been trying to do this with people in person. Yeah, I I kind of get that. I I feel like um, I can see how Zoom and and these type of platforms can can kind of empower people a little bit. And Clubhouse, um, I think Clubhouse yes. has been that in a huge way. Yeah, because I I think I was on that stage very briefly, very very briefly. But I was terrified because I was like, I'm looking at everybody's profile, and I'm like, you guys all have this background, and I got like maybe two followers. <laughs> <laughs> but um it it's, but it, uh, it puts everybody on an equal footing and it, yeah. you know you got over that and you wouldn't know it by listening to you sounded perfectly confident and wonderful and it, look at the connection that people can have with people of all sorts of backgrounds and i mean it's really funny i joke with my husband about it sometimes but i talk about my my friends sometimes and he'll have to say are these your real friends or your clubhouse <laughs> friends? I'm like, my clubhouse <laughs> friends are real. Do you just stop it? <laughs> they are real people. They, are they like real. me. They really do. <laughs> they really do. Um, but no, it's 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 true. And so it's and, and to be honest with you, there have been some real relationships forged out of those connections. And in a time when we do feel so isolated, and I'll just offer this out as a connection into the grief and all the loss. Oftentimes, grief and loss disconnects us from people that we otherwise felt connected to. It just is a fact. I wish I could say it didn't happen, but sometimes it happens whether it's a divorce or a loss of a, of somebody to death. It seems like no matter who I talk to, everybody 
has found out that somewhere along the line, it changes some of their relationships, whether it's because their views change or the person wasn't there for them or fill in the blank. There's a lot of reasons. It tends to change some of our relationships. And so with that, it allows us to then, you know, build new ones, forge new ones. And there's, there's just a, there's a gift in some of that to be able to look at some of the people that are able to come into your life for the change and not just, not just focus on the people that maybe Leave are it. no longer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's, I never really thought about that, but that I'm now looking back on certain things, you know, over time, I can see, I can definitely see that like it does def can change relationships and connection. And for some, it can make it, you know, people can fall apart, but not fall apart, but um, drift apart is what I meant mm-hmm. to say. But for others, it could bring people closer together. Um, so that's, that's um, especially now when you're dealing with something like that, bringing people in, even if they're strangers and, and forming bonds is so, so helpful and so important. Uh, I love your, even though you have a, a podcast that's such a heavy topic I just can't I can only imagine you know the type of experiences that you come across or you hear about what has been the most rewarding experience behind the podcast for you for me the most rewarding experience hands down and it's not singular it's i realize i'm putting an umbrella over this but it it actually is having these deep connective meaningful conversations with people that i otherwise wouldn't have ever known because so many of them like myself through their loss are emerging into the best versions of themselves and they're insightful and they're intuitive and just like me they've been stripped down to the rawest of raw parts of themselves and i would trade it all to have my son back that's not a reality so i'm choosing to see all of the gifts that have been given to me which are these amazing human human beings that I've met through these conversations and many, most of my guests, most of the people I have conversations with, I'm still in touch with. That's because it just forges a relationship of some sort, even if it's, you know, it's all different, but some of them I can have continued to work closely with. Um, so that's been the the biggest, and I'm not sure if you'd asked me going into that, I would have known, you know, I knew I wanted to have conversations with people. I'm not sure. I, I think I underestimated the connection that was going to happen. So that's been my biggest gift is the connection. Yeah. Connections are so, such a beautiful thing. And it's like, like you said, it's a, it's a very, you know, you just, if you could trade it all, I know you wish you could have those moments back, but in a way it's a different type of gift, not just for you, because we know, you know what you're doing. You, you want to just help people, you know, you want to connect, you want to be that and have that, uh, open that, that door for people to connect. But uh, sometimes you don't realize how therapeutic it is or sometimes we start things because we're trying to heal ourselves, but 
the the trade-off is how much you see the growth in others and and their stories help to heal you and how you're able to heal them through through your truth and just telling your story and and connecting and and providing that and that's a such a fulfilling uh 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 experience so um i'm sure that you have you may not realize how many lives you've probably helped to change and just just the way you've impacted people i'm i'm sure that so many people have impacted you as well like you said with the stories so um i usually do this um this thing called the random round of Let's questions do it. <laughs> and i know you know <laughs> Let's usually, do it. <laughs> I usually I'm have some game. Okay. Now uh it, it's going to get towards different things but i i'm based on what we've been talking about i tried to um reform the those questions in a way. And you know we talked about um you know, we just talked about loss and, and things, but what something that, you know, one of your bringing it back to your son, what was your favorite memory that you carry of your son? Just. Oh gosh, there's no favorite one memory, but I will say that probably the most favorite thing about my son I'm trying to be specific and not broad. Moms have this way of saying, you know, something like his <laughs> personality or something broad like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lump, I'm going to say there's two things that are my favorite to him and they both tie back to this spirit that he had and still has, um, which is that he was probably the most caring soul and his hugs reflected that so like notice how i'm tying hugs to, i'm trying to make this one thing it's really mm -hmm. kind of two but everybody that knew him talks about his hugs it wasn't just me it wasn't just mom he was one of those people that had this way of hugging you that you felt you felt that he cared you felt that it was genuine you know the difference when you get a pat pat hug or that weird cold hug or all those things People still talk about Alex's hugs and missing them. And that to me is tied into that same caring spirit um, of, of who he was as, as a, as a, as a soul. Mm. I love that. I love that. Um, what have you read or listened to that has given you comfort? Oh man, you went a different way with this. And I thought you were going to go, ha! I love that. I love the surprise. <laughs> I, I like to Because I know, I know. Yeah. Um, comfort. That has given me comfort. Um, well, listen to the thing that I've, and since that people are listening, might be looking for something grieving wise that would give me comfort for listening to, because I listen to audiobooks. So this can be listened to or read. I chose to listen to it, but it's by author Megan Devine. And the book is called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. I love the audiobook version of it. I own the paper version of it because I bought that first <laughs> and couldn't consume it the way I wanted to. And now I will someday read it as well. But it brought me so much comfort. And she lost a husband. So it's not it's not a suicide loss. It's it's just 
loss and the permission to be okay when you're not okay and the grief's messy and life's messy and there was just so much comfort in the messiness of it and the the permission to not be okay um and i found a whole lot of comfort i would be remiss in not mentioning shelby forsythia and the podcast called coming back it's mm. no longer a live podcast she now does one called grief seeds and she's written several grief books and her loss was her mother to cancer. So again, a different loss. But I found so much comfort in her grief podcast and her, she has a soothing, comforting voice. Um, and it's still out there. All three seasons are still out there. She recorded that podcast for three years and it was a huge comfort to me. Okay. All right. Um, and a final one. I would say, what motivates you to keep going and doing this podcast week after week, season after season? Mm. Well, I mean, it sounds really cliche to say my son, but it's true. Um, my love for my son, my need, and I mean that from a true it's it's it feels like my calling to provide as much comfort and connection and community as I can for other people in this same lost space. And you are not you are not wrong in saying that there is healing for the healer. I am not selflessly giving. It's not all selfish either, but there it, it, it heals and feeds me as well. And I don't not give that credit. I it's it's true and so um yeah okay all right well i just want to thank you melissa um um for everything and for coming and giving us all of this um these this in this everything to digest the the resources that you provided and i'm hoping that you know i know that what you shared can help listeners who have uh or who are dealing with loss, who, um, you know, um, who are trying to cope with loss, who are trying to get back to, um, you know, or come um, come out of the, the grief um, in a way where they, you know, don't forget it, but they can still function through it, you know, and, 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 and live with it and learn how to, you know, manage it. So for, um, for our listeners, um, if they wanted to to kind of connect with you, what is the um, where would they go to find more information? The one central place that's the easiest, because I know for this, it's easiest to give people one central place would be Instagram, and it's really okay. easy. It's just the leftover pieces, and from there, the bio link will take people every other place that they needed to go. And even though I live in the suicide loss space. I have lots of resources to connect people to other grieving spaces. I have, you know, so that's the number one space to, to find me. Okay, great. Um, well, like I said, thank you for um, taking time. I know you're a busy person and I appreciate and I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I really feel your connection to uh, your re your um your guests as well as um i love your your shorts your short pieces <laughs> that you do on the side um down those rabbit holes um so thank you and um thank you audience for joining us and 
for tuning in and just hope you continue to tune in make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every thursday at 10 a.m for a new episode and um until we meet again i'm your host nikki c and remember it's time to get back to dreaming again if not now then when